0: But years ago, and it's not so commonly used now, there was cadaver skin because it, 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 it was actually so. Basically, <laughs> they from cadavers. So they basically, right. take skin, shave the top layer off, and then you just the dermis. Uh, and it was quite pliable, and then it would just get incorporated. Don't look disgusted. What do you
1: mean? You just said they put cadaver know, skin inside a it person, and then it's you like, said it in I know. meshes. <laughs> My name's Kate and welcome back to Keeping It Real, the podcast demystifying plastic surgery jargon. If you're deep into researching any type of breast surgery, I'm sure you've heard the term internal bra a million times by now. But what exactly is it? On this app, Kim and Richard tell us what's really involved in an internal bra, whether everybody gets one in surgery or if some people need it more than others. And in a real twist, we start talking about cadaver skins. Anyway, it'll make sense by the end. I promise. Alrighty, so internal bra is something we have talked about a little bit um, across all of our different surgeries, but I guess just without getting too technical, <laughs> I, I'm aware it's kind of like a, some different steps. What exactly is an internal
0: bra? So uh, it's it's a suture that we use in a in a breast any breast surgery, I use it, so either a breast implant or breast reduction, um, where you somehow um, create or fixate where um, the in the underwire would say sit for uh, in a bra when you're wearing a bra. Uh, so for a standard case, that would be a, a suture that I'd run uh, along the inferior pole, where the uh, where uh, an underwire would sit, so it's it's just stitching is that a suture. Yeah, it's a suture. In, in simple cases, it would be a suture. Okay, cool. I
2: yeah. also I also use that term sometimes if um, you want to change the pocket a little bit. So, me, I, like I'd call it a medial or a lateral mm-hmm. internal brass. So, if someone, for example, has had implants that sit too wide or too close to the middle, then you can close the pocket and use the same sort of suture to reduce the space. And
1: so you mean like, like the cleavage in the middle, correct. like reducing that?
2: Yeah. Gap. So if okay. if the implants touch in the middle, for example, which is mm-hmm. called some mastia, um, so you want to separate those. And so the, the way to do that is to make that suture not just where your wire would be um, from the bra, but... Oh, along like the higher. inside to, yeah, to, oh, okay. to keep them apart.
1: And can you do it like outside as well? Correct. I did,
0: I did that today. Okay. So I had a patient who, she had a capsular contracture and it had pushed the implant up and to the side. And so I ran a, a line of stitches along the side to close that part of the pocket off, which will then help medialize the implant and give better cleavage.
2: It's super, it's super powerful. Like yeah. you see immediately from the outside like that. Mm. The line that you've created by doing that
1: so why why do you use an internal bra
2: to support so when you're suturing uh, any operations that we do um, if you're relying purely on the skin for the shape and the position um, then it's not going to work so you want internal sutures um, and it's just got to catchy um phrase to it I think but we do kind of a similar sort of thing in a way in a tummy tuck as well um we are stitching the deep layer and um making that um a lot more stable and a lot more supportive so I think support is kind of the the bottom line for that so you are supporting that lower fold of the breast from that and cre- helping create the shape that you want Right. Are there people that need it more than other people? Like if they have
1: like weaker skin quality
2: or? Uh, yeah.
0: Def, definitely. So. the. I mean, I do it in all breast reduction patients because I find once you make that lower incision, that skin gets becomes very mobile. Uh, and so but particularly the massive weight loss patients because mm. all of those ligaments right. have been really stretched, the ones that sort of connect the skin down onto the deeper tissues. Oh, so that okay. gets really mobile. In patients yeah. who've lost a lot of weight. Um, oh, that's so, so interesting.
1: So in more than just like the skin stretching. Yeah. Like so as soon as you, so you make that, yeah, everything being
2: stretched um, internally.
0: Yeah, as soon as you make that cut, you can basically pull that fold almost, not quite down to their belly button, but you can pull it a long, long way. Oh, okay. I think
2: in older patients as well. So where when you're and you can when you're assessing them at their consult, and I, I describe it to the patients as they've got a really long torso, and so yeah. that the fold is actually naturally dropped over time as well. Oh. And so the breast looks even lower because <laughs> it's yeah. starting from a lower point. And some of that you can improve to a degree, but I think mm-hmm. in some of those older patients you mm. – I think sometimes I just accept where it's at, maybe lift it up. You yeah, Because look so. a bit
1: weird as well if it's yeah, super and like
2: in the fold is it's not in a fixed point in every single patient. So yeah. some some people have a shorter torso and their fold naturally is higher, yeah. and some it's naturally lower. And you know when we were taught, I guess you know, fix the fold or fix the nipple mm. relating to the fold, which is like the middle of the arm, but yeah, it, it's not. <laughs> people aren't in standard shape, yeah. so and. You know, from yourself and from friends, and some people have long legs and a shorter body. It's the same thing, like some people have a longer top half of their body. And, yeah, okay. um, so when, when
0: we were training, people used to set the nipple distance like a variety, like a v- variation, but somewhere between 19 and 21 centimetres from the sternal notch. Oh. So people just used to literally get a tape measure and measure whatever your measure was yeah, twenty yeah. centimeters, and mark that's where the nipple would be. Um, but it doesn't take into account where the fold is because yeah. twenty centimeters might be good for someone whose fold is maybe four centimeters below that. But if you have a particularly low fold, then that nipple is going to be too high. Yeah, and as right. Kim was saying, if you've got a shorter torso, yeah, um, it too might, too low. Be, too might low. be too low. Right. Um, and yep. the same
2: thing with it, like the middle of your arm, like if you made yeah. is that the standard nipple height or not. Yeah, right. So yeah. it's all it's like you kind of, we still rely on measurements, but mm. I often, I like, you know, stand back and actually look at it. Does it, look, is it going to yeah, look yeah. right as well? Um, right. So because people aren't uniform. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: No, I position it relative to where the fold is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, whatever the length is from the sternal notch, I don't really care because I mean, if they're, Tall, it's going to be different if, it's, if they're short. Mm. The other time where an internal bra is really important is a mummy makeover when you're doing mm-hmm. a tummy tuck. Because in a tummy tuck, you're pulling the skin down. So you want to oh. fix that point. Otherwise, your tummy tuck will pull pull your, your inframemory fold down. Yeah, right. Down. Which is what
2: I did today. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, exactly that. Super, super tight tummy. Yeah. Um, and she'd had a breast... Lift, and so and do the st- do the tummy first or the breast no, first? No, I do that? the breast first, right. um, because when you close the tummy, you bend the patient half, and it's there's not as much space to get in there to stitch up the breast. Right, Um and it's just the way I do it. I think as well. I think yeah. you could do it the other way, but that's just my preference.
0: I mean, crazy um, people do it the other way. <laughs> Some people do it, <laughs> but because that
1: would be because you'd be doing it first to keep the breast there before yeah, you, pull, before you down, pull down, right? Yeah. Like that makes And, sense. yeah.
2: So you fix that. That bottom yeah. fold of the breast, um, and it, it's yeah, it's and you, I, you could see in her how tight her tummy was, but the boobs didn't. The oh. boobs didn't move when you close the tummy.
1: But for implants, is is the I guess whatever. Just also, so it doesn't move, but to stop that kind of implant coming out the bottom,
0: a little bit. Uh, but but bottoming out is more the breast or the implant falling below the fold. So the, it's not usually so much a right, problem right. of the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, um, it, it can be a combination. I've certainly had cases where I've then I've uh, – you can see where the incision is where some of the previous surgeons put the implant in mm-hmm. and you've got an implant sitting below that mm-hmm. um, and then you refix that and so then your fold is below your scar. So your scar is sitting on the undersurface of your – um, breast, yeah, as opposed to in the fold, and then you reset that uh, inframmary fold with an right. internal bra stitch.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, and I think I think there's a combo of error in the initial technique. So if you mm. if you violate that fold too much and then don't recreate it, mm. then yeah, it's essentially just one big space where the implant can oh, can go down you. with gravity. Yeah, um, but if the if the fold's not been over dissected and if it's mm-hmm. been sutured back up adequately, then the implant should stay above the fold. What
1: about the um, double bubble thing? Which Mm. I – you, for one of your lives, sent me one, like, that another surgeon had done. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And how how you (laughs) fixed it. And I was like, God, that is weird. And then today I just saw so many.
2: And I was like, Mm. what causes that? I I think it's actually – it's super complex. And I think – We used to see a lot more Mm. of it. Like, I don't know. Like, I make my incision in the fold Mm. and go above that. And um, I think maybe it's using a too-bigger implant and not making your incision where it should be. Like, trying to actually drop the fold down. So if you're trying to recruit more skin to the lower part of the breast and – um, but I think the implant itself stretches that skin up. So yeah. um, I not like, I honestly do, don't <laughs> see it in my own <laughs> patients. Like, um, right. not that I, not that I can So it doesn't have anything recall. to do with structural integrity?
0: Uh, no, so what it, what it is, so, so sometimes you're in a position, hmm. if someone wants a bigger implant and as Kim's saying, you need to recruit some skin into the breast and, mm-hmm. uh, if you then try and lower the fold, mm. that the old fold is still there. So you've got to do something. And it depends oh. – it's more prevalent. Some people have a very strong fold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way to test that is if you hold your arms up above your head, yeah. uh, if you've got a very strong fold, there'll still be a fold. Oh, if you've got okay. a soft fold, it just like effaces and there's nothing. Right, right, right. And so in those patients, you can kind of do whatever you want. You can put the fold wherever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But in the patients who've sort of got a stronger – Um, uh, pre-existing inframemory fold and you Mm -hmm, need to lower it because they want a bigger implant, then you've got to do something to that old fold. Otherwise it stays there as the crease. And that's what the double bubble is. So the double bubble, first bubble is the old breast. And you'll see the line of what would have been the inframemory fold. And then the implant has gone below because it stretched some skin up from the abdomen. Mm -hmm. And so – there are a few things you can do. Internally, you can sort of release it. Mm-hmm. You can often feel a bit of a band. And then in uh, cases where the fold is stronger, I'll fat graft it uh-huh. or um, sort of go just under the skin and sort of break it up a bit.
2: Because mm. because the fold is an actual, it's an anatomical Landmark, and there's um, a friend and colleague of mine in Sydney that actually did her PhD Mm -hmm. on the fibres that create that fold, but and also the the um, gluteal crease, so the fold at the bottom of your bum. And I, I think they're quite similar. Fascinating Um, PhD. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, she didn't do it on real people. Gotcha. She did it Um. in a lab, Um, but on like proper anatomical (laughs) dissection. Um, And yeah, she studied. Lots and lots and lots of cadavers, I think, and there, there are actual fibers that can be identified. If you, you know, like, we're not going looking for them when we're yeah. doing surgery, um, but that's that's what's there, and and that's what we were talking about. That get I think. Oh, well done, Richards. Read the paper. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I genuinely <laughs> very doubt well that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and and that's what oh, it gets stretched up over time with age, and also oh, with their okay. weight gain and weight loss. So right, yeah. Cool, eh? a more complex area than you may uh, yeah. initially imagine. So
1: does an internal bra mean that you don't need to wear an actual bra? Totally.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hence the I internal think, yeah. nature of it. Uh, mm. I, I think the easy answer to that is yeah, yes. Um,
0: well, I think, I mean, it's sort of a combination of a few mm. things. Uh, so uh, when we're both doing breast surgery, we're aiming, so what a bra is generally doing, it's a lateral stabiliser, yeah. but also a vertical supporter. Mm. And so – That's what it says in the ads for yeah. bras. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so our aesthetic goals with mm. breasts, whether it's an implant or reduction or a lift, is to have no breast tissue below that fold, which right. is very different. We've talked about it a number of times in our um, podcasts. Very different to how we – were taught mm-hmm. and very different to, say, the the lollipop technique where mm. you actually do leave breast tissue below the fold. And so one of the reasons patients after breast surgery can avoid wearing a bra is that they don't need that vertical support. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and then uh, lateral support's a little bit mm. more um, personalised.
2: Right, right, right. Gotcha. And, yeah, and it's not – they're not needing a wire in particular. Yeah. So if they just want to wear a little bralette or something – then yeah. something nice, and and I think I don't know urban myth that if you didn't have a good bra fitted at a young age and you didn't mm. sleep in your bra that you that's why your boobs are saggy. But yeah, right, right. Gra- gravity on big breasts is kind of going to win yeah, anyway. So and th- and um, this might be slightly diver- diverging, um, but I had a patient the other day who was double D E and wanting a breast lift on its own. And I'm mm. like, like, you can have that operation, but you've still got very heavy, very large breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to get an excellent result for a very short period of time before yeah. they revert back to where they were. So you've got to balance up, you know, having major surgery, having extra scars on your breasts, and then yeah, the weight right. that's going to pull them down. So, you know, if she wants to keep them up a bit longer wearing a yeah. bra, but but really the nature of what you're leaving behind is going to change that a bit. Yeah, right. So is an internal bra permanent?
0: Well, the suture generally, mm-hmm. and there are more complicated cases which we'll talk about <laughs> shortly, yeah. uh, the suture that I use is not permanent but it lasts quite a fair time, maybe, yeah. uh, I think maybe three months. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that gets replaced with scar tissue which is then – oh, so sometimes okay. when you go back in for yeah. whatever reason. So if I've done a breast lift and I'm planning a two-stage – Uh, augmentation mastopexy and I've Mm -hmm. done the mastopexy and you're going back, you do see that sort of scar tissue at the inframemory fold when you're going back in. Right. left over. And that's usually six months after.
2: And then that keeps it there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the patient's, the the suture disappears but the scar is permanent. Same with a muscle repair from a tummy tuck. I only use absorbable sutures for that. So then they'd have just like a ziggy zaggy scar. Well it'll just you cut the It sort of just <laughs> sticks back together. <laughs> right. Um, so it's yeah, once it's once it heals, it's healed mm. and it's there it kind of it reverts back to what it was before that had kids. Right.
1: Crazy. Bodies are beautiful. pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew I saw all of that bit. I, I need to go back to the theater when you cut somebody open again ah. after they've had the surgery and I can see scar can tissue.
0: Maybe we can do another podcast on that. Yeah, yeah, no. I need <laughs> to go to the labs with the cadavers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's where the good stuff is. You're
0: gonna be able to do the surgery
2: on your own soon. Yeah, I'm sure. No <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all good, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Just in the background. Yeah, yeah. Um can you so in that three months when it's when the stitches are there, can patients feel it at all or kind of like like I mean that that applies for kind of any sutures. Like in that healing process, can, are they aware of it?
0: Not really. Not for the breast. Mm-hmm. Thinner patients uh, for a tummy tuck okay. mm-hmm. do feel it. Oh, you feel they sense. often feel a ridge, oh. so they'll describe a ridge, right? Um, and and sometimes you sort of do. You don't see it, but if you push down, you you will feel it because the scar tissue. Even it, I mean, I use a permanent suture, but mm. you don't see that suture. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, even when you go back in, mm-hmm. it's, it's still embedded in the scar. Um, but the scar still has some bulk to it mm-hmm. uh, if, you, if you palpate, but not you don't see it.
2: Right, right. And it, it, like occasionally you can feel the deeper sutures underneath mm. the mm. breast and occasionally people actually describe um, in a breast reduction, I tend to do it as separate stitches, so um, I think Richard does a running all the time, like one stitch all the way, Yeah, Yeah. whereas I would do more individual sutures. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes people describe, oh, I felt something pop, and I never know if that's one of your sutures Mm. or it's just the feeling. There's weird feelings when you're healing from surgery. Like I don't think it's ever – someone that's described that it's ever – compromise their result. Yeah. Um but that's the only thing i
0: people feel in here all sorts of weird yeah. <laughs> all <Interesting>. the time.
2: <laughs> Crazy. Um, we, usually it's not anything that's gonna cause them any harm though. Yeah, yeah. Usually. <laughs> um
1: so yeah, I did to refer to the mesh. Um I saw honestly, they're just like the Americans? I don't know what's going on over there. Like they're just a terrifying little place. But anyway, do you want to what talk about well, like the harm and the risk that they're putting people in and they're like, mm. but you know, you gotta respect people's decisions. And it's like, I don't like it's all of the tone and like Mm. the situation, I'm not saying that the mesh is bad, but like it was just within the context of the videos that I was watching, I was like, you know, when you just like your warning bells are going off, like it just feels uncomfortable. And And a lot of it's. you're about to
0: get very uncomfortable. (laughs) The word mesh
1: just makes you kind of comfortable, honestly.
2: A lot of it's insurance. Like I think they use a lot more devices like that because insurance covers it and they're like, oh, we'll just use this. And the insurance is paying for it, which ultimately it's not like ultimately the yeah. patients are paying for it. Even the person um, interviewing would be like, you know, this might sound really
1: sus- like sus and weird and like, you know, you might think it was a really awful thing, but you know, this guy, he's a ve- he, he's a qualified dentist. He's <laughs> And then by the fourth thing he was like, oh, I'm, you know, cosmetic surgeon. So, you know, I really trust you. And I was like, oh, God. So anyway, I think the mesh is making me uncomfortable for that reason. But. What do you okay. use a mesh
0: for? All right. So you don't, don't need to feel uncomfortable. Um, so there's the, – the, the most common one I use um, is actually in the shape of an actual bra. So oh. imagine like the material from the bra.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and, it, and it goes back up and then behind the breast. Mm-hmm. So I stitch that the part behind the breast onto the muscle wall. The implant then sits basically in a, in a pocket, which is the bra. Yeah. And then the top of the bra – I I stitch to um, the the cut edge of the pectoralis muscle. And so you'd use that in complicated revision cases Mm -hmm. where everything's just been stretched, they've maybe had two or three operations already, they've already had some bottoming out using not mesh. Um, So that would be the most common scenario. Some people uh, are using it in... Very, if someone wants a very big implant, like six hundred CCs, right. so I just which don't we do keep that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't just do that. So yeah, so they're doing it to try it as a preventative thing. Okay. Um, but years ago, and it's not so commonly used now. There was cadaver skin, ugh, uh, which In we did. It was actually quite a good product. <laughs> um, because it, it, it was actually so basically. Yeah. <laughs> They from <laughs> cadavers. They are American. I think American cadavers, actually.
2: Yeah, um, yeah it would be because yeah. <laughs> I'm just uh, trying to remember what it was called.
0: Yeah, you've seen as well. Uh, alloderm. Integra, alloderm. Skin. No, alloderm. because
2: it was the yeah the skin, but without the outer layer of the yeah. skin. So it's the dermis of the skin. So they basically right.
0: take skin, shave the top layer off, and then you just uh, you just have the dermis. And it was sort of, it came in like in a packet Uh, and it was quite pliable and then it would just get incorporated. Mm. So the mesh is permanent. So that's one of the disadvantages. Whereas this don't look disgusted. What do
1: you mean? You just said the cadaver skin inside a person and And then you said it in meshes. (laughs)
2: But the theory is that you're just putting in a, like a framework. Yeah. The same thing with the mesh or the the yeah. skin, and that you, it's just this integrity and the strength of that. Um, uh, we don't do any breast reconstruction after cancer anymore. We've done a lot of that, yeah. and in the past, we would used to use the back muscle and mm-hmm. swing that around to mm. do that same sort of thing for an implant reconstruction and someone that's had their breast completely yeah. removed for cancer. Yeah. Whereas, um, using these products now uh, is actually less. Um, surgery for the patients because they're not having to have a muscle yeah. taken out of their back. And so the surgeons that are like, it's been a few years since we've been, you know, that we're up to date with everything that goes on. But mm. uh, a lot of the surgeons are doing one stage operations now rather than multiple stage operations. Yeah, so right. game changer for patients having breast reconstruction using these sort of products and getting probably much, much better results. So th- they would be
1: want. typical like of people who would use mesh, like? Breast reconstruction?
2: Yeah. yeah. And right. the complicated
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: other dermal replacement things. Yeah. And yeah.
1: Weird. Imagine being like, oh, I want to dedicate my body to science and <laughs> it was so that someone could get a breast implant with your yeah. dead skin. <laughs>
2: I'm pretty sure that's probably not why they would, <laughs> what they knew was going to be they're used probably, for in the future.
0: Yeah. Probably they were thinking burns.
2: Yeah, they're like, finally I've died for a reason so can somebody can study my gluttal. Can cold? I just tell you how I know for sure that a lot of that Product mm-hmm. slightly different, but and you probably would have had this uh, involved in this way back doing burns. So when I was in New Zealand, yeah, we used burns. what even as a trainee, <laughs> <laughs> he's in denial, he's plugged it out. Um, <laughs> but when I was in New Zealand and they yeah. would use um, s- proper skin mm. as a like a dressing, and it would come from the States and yeah. usually from African Americans, so you'd open oh. the packet and it was like. Black, black, and so it made it easier to know which way up it went because sometimes it was tricky to get it on the right way. And so it's put that on is, as a would There's guess, something even a very
1: deep discussion as to why <laughs> most of it was African
2: American skin. Mm. Interesting. Mm. No, but why? You know. So,
1: so for burns, like when they weren't, I didn't. Well, they know, they didn't, didn't have enough of their own skin. Own skin. I and
2: never knew you did a third party skin graft. Yeah. Well, they, there's more off-the-shelf products have been developed since then. So that was in the right. early 2000s. So there's a lot of other new products now. I have no idea if they'd still be using it, but more than 20 years ago.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I think also with the mesh thing, which I think we could probably do a podcast on if I, like, got an expert, because there was that, that big um, transvaginal mesh thing,
0: oh, like, yeah. a couple oh, of yeah. years
1: ago where, there, like, a lot of women were,
0: like – I'll tell you who's the expert. Who? Lonnie Green. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. He'd love Because I think that's
2: why as yeah. well, because like when I saw mesh, I was like, oh, wasn't there? Like yeah, because all that mesh? was extruding and it was used as sling, yeah. sling repair of um, urinary incontinence. Yeah. It and they well were for a short period of time until and it they eroded like, it
1: through. I think if they've said like the amount sold in Australia like does like far outweighs the amount of patients who were like documented with it. Oh. oh. Right. So then it was like, so then <laughs> that's why. I, and then it would be like set like, you know, 10 years and like this very slow degradation until people were you know, they kind of were kind of figuring out what was happening. Anyway, another podcast, but that's mm. also why the word mesh freaks mm. me out. Uh, um, Is there anything else people should know about internal brass?
0: I just think it, it's 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 a technique that has evolved as we've just got better with mm. uh, dealing with breast surgery and understanding aesthetics. So, you know, it wasn't something anybody ever spoke about you know, mm. 10 years ago. And um, now I think um, – uh, like a lot of surgeons, uh, a lot of the ideas about it have actually come from surgeons in Australia. Yeah, right. Um, and, it's, and, it, and it is a bit of a transfer of things that we did do when we were doing reconstructive surgery. And, and that's why, you know, we're always talking sort about of training. Yeah. That's why there's such a crossover between the reconstructive work and the aesthetic work. So a lot of what we learn when we're doing reconstruction, we are starting with nothing, mm. um, is then applicable when we're doing cosmetic surgery. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's all, all good fun.
2: And I think the other thing is just, it's is just a part of the technique. Like, yeah. you know, when, so when people coming in and saying, like obsessing on, am I going to get a muscle repair with my tummy tuck? Like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's pretty much what we do. Yeah. We recreate the shape. We do internal sutures. like you don't come in for your operation say what type of suture and what size yeah. and what kind of yeah. needle we're going to use. Yeah. Like the internal we, bar
1: is not the surgery. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of the whole, the whole thing. But you know, it's a very catchy phrase, and yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and there were a lot. Like I was looking at different people's websites, and they were like, "Oh, you know, they'll discuss whether you would be an applicable candidate for it." You know, like they're making it sound right, like a lot more like it was kind oh, of like maybe you're going you have to for pay some the extra surgery. Money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think.
0: Well, I, I mean, so. I think that's an important point because there are mm-hmm. some practitioners here in Melbourne colleagues of ours who do advertise sort of a lower price. Mm -hmm. But then I was actually talking to one of the reps today Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's not many people fit into that cap. Yeah. Like they'll suddenly add a, you know, this variation, that variation.
2: As you always say, it's like, oh, oh, do you want it stitched up? And (laughs) do you want want a dressing (laughs) as well? (laughs) Do you want to swipe the blood off? (laughs) There'll be a charge for that. Yeah, right.
1: If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you have a flick through our past episodes? We'd love to hear your requests for future topics, so send your suggestions through to us on IG at RePlastic Surgery. That's all for today, and we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery.